Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing individuals who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for each one of you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your results in manifesting your dreams in this reality. Entering the vortex of the podcast today is a man who, in the short time I've known him, has shared some of the most epic, deep, and far-reaching conversations with me I've ever had the pleasure of experiencing. It should come to no surprise that he is a language wizard, having co-created programs such as Procabulary and The Way of the Unlifted Athlete, is an experienced traveler of the wide, wide world, and is a prime example of what it means to be a modern-day pirate, whose favorite high in life comes from the freedom experienced by living life to his own accord. Please help me in welcoming my brother in ethereal extreme sporting, Mr. Adam Chin. Adam, what's up, brother? Yes, yes. <laughs> you hyped that. You hyped that up. You hyped uh, your introduction up, and it, it surpassed my my wildest expectations. Yes. Thank you. Yes, my job here is done. Just kidding, everyone Ooh. listening. We still have a badass podcast, but I'm glad the intro was dope. <laughs> I feel so good after that. Yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Wow. Dude. Well, thanks for having me, man. Of course, man. You know, this has been a, you know, a long time coming, and I'm so excited to finally get you on here for everyone to hear, um, for everyone listening. You know, Adam is just, like I said in the intro, he's just an epic human, you know, he's just an epic human doing epic shit. And, you know, I'd love it if you could share with the listeners your backstory all the way up to where you currently are today. That's the question. That's the leading <laughs> question. My, my, my entire backstory from, uh, from birth to uh, today uh, yeah i mean start out okay. with like were you cesarean or you know like how'd right. you get birthed you know <laughs> <laughs> you breastfed adam yeah that's the question that's on everyone's mind yeah exactly um, you know in today's modern day uh, world <laughs> great. Uh, just the highlights is fine you well know? i'll give you the yeah the, what, it's always what level of resolution right so yes. so we're, we're storytellers here we'll get into stories later mm-hmm. so i will give you the the broad uh very broad strokes and uh yeah, I, I am a mixed Asian, uh, Caucasian guy from the South, essentially. Okay, uh, and I'm in my <laughs> 40s, which means there weren't a lot of mixed Asian, Caucasian guys running around in the South in the 80s and, and the early 90s. Uh, so did that shape who I am? Uh, very likely. Yeah, a lot of that. Uh, you know, just being a little different. Um, <laughs> And uh, a little my parents, epic. a little epic, right? Mm-hmm. And then my parents separated when I was young, so I had um, you know a little summertime over in Thailand, or my dad is from. He's Thai Chinese, meaning my ancestors come from China. Mm-hmm. But uh, they fled to Thailand when a this guy named Mao Zedong, this really horrible person, just mm-hmm. decided to kill a lot of people. They said, "Nah, I want to live, so I'm going to go down <laughs> to Thailand." That's a good reason. Uh, yeah, it's really it's a very uh, strong reason to flee yeah <laughs> so um so they go down there i end up spending part of my life my childhood down in you know in thailand in southeast asia with my dad and then i go to school during the, the school year here in the states living with my mom and my stepdad so uh it was a very tumultuous background uh a lot of misery let's put it that way hmm. some highlights some good stuff a lot hmm. of misery some, and then one day uh when i'm 20 two and a half, 23, the misery begins to clear. And I find an opportunity uh, working uh, for a guy named Jeffrey Gittimer, who ends up becoming my 
Jewish dad, I call him. Uh, he's my, he's my mentor. And, uh, I just found through a crazy event, a connection to go and, and work for this guy, having no idea who he was and what he did. And, um, you know, uh, I ended up becoming his production studio guy that handled a lot of the web stuff. And this is back in the early two thousands when there, this, where there was no YouTube, no podcasts. Um, and this guy is all about attitude and about personal development. And, you know, his, he's a sales guy by trade and everyone knows him as a salesperson, uh, you know, as a sales trainer and an author, but he backdoors uh, personal development at the core of what it is. And I saw what it was like to live life being, uh, being a full expression of oneself and, mm-hmm. to, and to allow life to come easy to you versus being in a constant struggle with life for the first time and man it's that was the beginning of of so many things um so there was really two stages of my life there was the miserable childhood that was very confusing and there was a lot of well-intentioned people there and then there was the moment in which i realized that there was a better way to live and uh is that a, is that what you're looking for there ryan is that too oh, yeah. broad or Dude, okay that's perfect you know and I have a great question that came from that, which was like, you know, considering what you and I have talked about before and what a lot of the listeners on the show are very aware of that, you know, I firmly believe, and we've talked about this before, that we decide what we, what challenges we're going to have when we come down, you know, and incarnate in 3D and our soul family leaves up to us to learn those lessons and bring them back, right? So having gone through those hardships, right? And those dark nights of the soul, what do you think that means about you as a soul? Man, that's a wonderful question. Mm. That mm. is a really good question, Ryan. You're Thank good you. at this. Yeah, <laughs> guilty as charged. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so sue me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's a great question because yeah, I thought about this, and mm. you know, I, 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 okay, I'll answer it as clear as I can at this moment. Mm. I will say that on some deep level, there is some essence of truth that, and, and that word is very complicated. There's something that we know to be real and to be accurate, to be truthful, and that is, and we are drawn towards, we are pulled towards as individuals. Mm. Uh, I completely believe this because even with very little exposure to the things that I, that I felt I, I wanted to experience in this life, I still was able to identify it when it appeared. And, and, I was able to start tuning my intuition to start seeing and um, start identifying is the better word, more things like that in my life. Mm. And once that started, I, I, you know, I tried many times to turn it off like, Oh, this is uncomfortable. You know, like you, we, you and I talked about this in terms of the classic storytelling structure and you, you, you get the call to action. And then a lot of times you, 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 try to tell the call to action to go away because it's uncomfortable over there. You yeah. know, it's uncomfortable to go to the next step. So mm-hmm. I tried many times and it took many years and, and, you know, I feel comfortable today saying that I'm, I'm getting very, very good at identifying what those things that I want in life are and, mm-hmm. um, and sticking to that. Uh, it took me a long time to say that even out loud. 
So thanks for asking that question. Is that's a very vague answer? I hope that answers. The <laughs> no, question. that's perfect, man. You know, and you know what it reminds me of is uh, I'm in training camp for the Soul right now, which is a behemoth of a self development program. Uh, wow, um, and you know, and not um, who runs it, you know, is famously says, you know, transformation is not a walk in the park. It's a dance over hot coals while you're trying to slay a dragon with an eight foot sword, you know? And, you know, (laughs) I think that, you know, it sums up what you were just talking about, you know, like the call to action, the refusal to answer the call, right? And then at some point you start realizing you're not fulfilled, right? Which probably means, you know, what I think means anyway, that you've probably played this game a couple times before, maybe haven't answered the call. And this time you're like, fuck that. I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah, going into that shit. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Enough exactly. is enough. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, and I really think that speaks to, you know, again, like attracts like, right. So like, look at the people we're surrounded with, you know, and it's like, oh, it makes a lot more sense now. Like we're all answering the call, you know, and we get to like, this is our lifetime where we get to answer the call, you know, and who knows, maybe we'll get it right. Maybe we'll get it wrong, but we're answering it. That's for sure. You know, a spoiler alert, Ryan, yeah. we're getting it right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I fully believe that man. Yeah. The, the, the people that are in our circles, we are so blessed to have, uh, to be a part of the circle. And, um, uh, I look up and down the episode list for your podcast and, <laughs> and I'm, 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 I'm so blessed to know a lot of these people. And I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm like just thinking to myself, this is incredible. Yeah. These are people that are part of my life as an adult. <laughs> and, 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 you know, because a lot of people when they're adults, when I was a kid and I would see the, the adults in my life, uh, very few of them, if any, had a couple of friends, like the ones mm. we have in our circle, a couple of people that they can, they can reach out to and speak about things with, um, honestly. And we have this entire stable Dude, yeah, it's, it's growing. It's Dude. growing. You know, I couldn't have said that better myself. We are annihilating and obliterating the paradigm that as you get older, you find like fewer and fewer like loyal, uh, deep connection uh, connections. And, you know, it's just so funny, man, because as I've gotten older, I've like I'm the I mean, you know, this isn't anything I'm not telling you, but I'm the most extroverted person I've ever met. It's almost like kind of silly sometimes. I'm like, this is just ridiculous. And so like, but I found that over the years, I've become closer and closer, at, like finding the people that vibe directly with me and that I vibe directly with, you know, and there's definitely something to be said there. And like, you, you know, you talking about these circles too, like, I am so grateful. Like it's it's amazing getting the opportunity to interview so many incredibly inspirational people that are really pirates. You know, like when you think about like being pirate, right? Like we are, we are pirates. We're creating our own rules where um, we're spreading them and we're we're sharing the stories. You know, of the pillages. You know, and uh, the voyages. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you've been hanging around Mark a lot. Yeah, you know, uh, I Mark you know England, yeah. I, I haven't picked up as many uh, pirate jokes as he may have yet, but uh, you know, watch out, Mark. There's a new sheriff in town. All right. So and and, and Ryan, your extroversion is appreciated and celebrated. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, obviously I, you know, I rank you amongst the top two funniest people I've ever met. Dude, you might take the number one spot ultimately. Wow. I'm just letting you know that. Dude, uh, that is the best compliment I have ever received. And, uh, for anyone listening, I am like smiling ear to ear and swooning right now. Like, I'm just like, oh my goodness, Adam Shin, you amazing individual, you (laughs) dude. (laughs) 
we have we have shared some of the best laughs, man. Like I, I don't think I've ever laughed as hard as I did both in August and then again in what the fuck was it? November, October, October, right? Yeah, it was October, I think. Yeah, it was October um, when I was at Mark's house with you. You know, like holy shit, dude. And we're gonna get into a lot of those conversations as this episode goes on. Well, we, so. we are, and I I think this is a great take out to think. This is a great transition uh, moment to talk about. Um, you know, you asked the question earlier, what drew me to the things or what, what did we, how did I get to those things that I eventually got to? And, and, you know, one of the things that I had, I was really lucky. I was very fortunate to have this uh, pull from a very young age was comedy hmm. and the sound of laughter. And, and I identified this very recently. I, I was talking to my wife about this and I go, you know, the reason comedy is so damn important to me is because I knew early on that that sound that sound meant misery was 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 nowhere to be seen or heard during that in in that audio space like mm-hmm. i knew that that was a safe energy space where there was no misery there was joy and mm-hmm. so I, I i was able to i was drawn towards that it's because i knew that uh the laughter uh would be a, was a signal and it was in some ways pushing away you know keeping at bay like a like a fire you know, like 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 a like a blaze at, in the middle of the night. You know, mm-hmm. it was pushing away opportunity to be miserable, to be angry, to be stressed out, to be anxious. You know, and and that was a joyous place. It was very warm, like a fire as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, we it, it may sound silly, and we laugh, and we have a great time doing it. <laughs> there is something very very powerful about it. Yeah. Well, you think about like what laughter is, right? And for me, it's it's energy, right? It's a purge, you know. And and for a lot of people listening, you know, and I know you too, like you know, we're very aware of the term purging, right? Like you know, puking, um, you know, it coming out of the other end, whatever way that people are used to with plant medicines, right? And one of the things I think is the most powerful purge you can do is just laugh, right? Like like those nights, man, that we've shared where we've laughed like so hard that my ribs hurt for like a week after, man. Like I feel so alive after that. And it's because as energetically energetic beings, we're supposed to allow our energy to flow, right? But because and because of how we've been raised, it gets stuck in all weird places. And then especially as men, we're like, we can't cry. So we just type it up, right? But what does every man like give himself the permission to do because it doesn't seem weak, quote unquote, is laugh, right? So like laughter is like a backdoor way to to move energy, you know? And, uh, you know, again, like, you don't. People don't need to understand that to be able to to have it happen, you know? And that's why I think a lot of people love comedy, you know? I take out the thing. That's why people love comedy because they're going there. They're in whatever state they are. Maybe they're in a great state before they get there. Maybe they're in, like, a pretty depressed state. And they go there, and it's what makes them happy. I mean, look at people like Robin Williams, right? Like, he dedicated his life to doing that because it's when he was happiest, you know? And, yeah. uh, God, Mitch Hedberg. I mean, so Chris Farley. Like, so many people that had depression – that, you know, were suffering, but when they were on stage or when they were in a movie, like they were just on top of the world, you know, and it really is a drug, you know? Well, and, and, you know, they were in a lot of ways, um, giving the ultimate gift that they could give because it it was the medicine that made them feel better. They were sharing that medicine with other people. Mm. And that's, that's, that shows you the type of person we're dealing with. You know, it's just very kind people on some level. They're, they're sharing gifts. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah, dude. This is, it, you know, that that energy release theory that you have is really, really interesting uh, in terms of the analogy. Mm-hmm. You know, the the because so much of the stuff that Mark and I work on really comes down to you know getting unstuck 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you may mm-hmm. have heard him say "unpuckered," which we, <laughs> we 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 may or may not get into that later. Oh, uh, I can't wait! Uh, it's it's not safe for work, yeah. so make sure that this is being um, listened to uh, in private. Um, oh, it or unless you have is. a really cool job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Most okay. people, I think, work so, like either work for themselves or they're listening to them in the car on the way. So you're good, man. Okay. Go right we'll, ahead. we'll talk about permission granted. Later <laughs> if, if, uh, puckered buttholes if time yes. is uh, available. Anyways, Hell yes. so the concept of being unstuck, unpuckered, uh, and letting that stuff flow. And, you know, we, Mark and I have been talking about this um, for years is that, you know, like yoga, you know, how that's the practice is about, you know, giving us uh, flexibility. Uh, to to essentially move around and have more freedom because mm-hmm. if you're if you're flexible if you're mobile you know that's what strength training is doing is giving you more uh, capacity in a lot of ways and if you have the flexibility like what yoga gives you well that now all of a sudden you have a tremendous amount more freedom and mm-hmm. you can experience the world you can become this as you and I have referred to it as a uh, extreme sports soul you can yeah. really play in this in this uh in this space that we're we, we've chosen to occupy for a very long time and a lot more uh, opportunities uh are available to you so you take that same uh paradigm and you apply it to story work you apply it to how are you, we use language and story to 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 construct the inner world and, and how we interact and how we see this space that we're in and you see how this concept of flexibility and of freedom and of being unstuck, you know, it's, it's, it's both cognitive and it's physical, you know, and, and you can go spiritual if you want as well, but we have to get these things unstuck. We have to get, um, you know, our, our bodies may look like they belong on Instagram yoga, but our, <laughs> our stories look like, you know, an 85 year old man who just dropped his keys. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, this is who I am. This yeah. is what I, this is all I can do. And yeah. uh, it's like you got to stop that stuff, man. You got to you got to get those flexible too. Yeah. Yeah, man. I could not have said that better myself, you know, and you know, we've talked about store work a lot on this uh podcast and I would love to hear, you know, you, you know, the story work master, you and Mark uh both, you know, really talk to what story work is like just in its simplicity, you know, because there might be someone new tuning in who's like, what's story work, you know? And so I'd love it if you could just talk about like the process that uh, people go through, maybe the process you went through to, to uproot some of your stories from the roots, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great question. Mm. Uh, the way I, I talk about story work again, I, I start with flexibility, mm-hmm. option, choice, mm-hmm. because if I look at myself and I have, and we will go to the basics here. Mark's, Mark's theory of, you know, and it's it's this concept of words are the building blocks to stories. So words become stories. Mm-hmm. Stories are the building blocks of realities or identities. Okay. So they're, they're all connected, you know, and over time, those stories become very deep seated and they start to define us. So, mm-hmm. okay, let's get back to flexibility here and options. So what do you do to, to, to get more flexibility and how you see yourself and get more flexibility and how you can navigate throughout the world, just give yourself options. Mm. So instead of getting into a spot where, you know, you're very definitive, this has to be this, this is the truth. This is why I mentioned earlier that I have a complicated relationship with that word truth. This is how this thing is. You know, this is fact. That's another one you hear often. It's like, okay, that's sure. You, You know, let's 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 consider let's pick up the idea 
you know, the idea you have about yourself, the idea you have about, you know, your, your, your family member or your, the, the, you know, your job or whatever it is. You, let's pick up that idea as if it were a three-dimensional object and let's look at it from two or three different sides. Hmm. Okay, let's, let's see it for the three dimensions that it actually is, Okay. Because truthfully, how are you ever going to truly be, as there's the word true, mm. how, how are we going to become empathetic, you know, when we're unable to see things from multiple sides? So we do our best to see things from, from multiple sides, and then that process gives us those, those, those options, those choices. And even if we pick one as our preferred, you know, primary, uh, primary mm-hmm. interpretation, our primary way of looking at it, to, to reserve 20 to 30% of our minds to say, you know what, but I, and I can see those other interpretations being plausible in, in, in certain scenarios. And in fact, I could be wrong and it could be those scenarios. Mm. Like, it's just, I mean, you do that long enough. You, you practice that in your day-to-day life long enough. And dude, my body has opened up. My way of being has opened up. And there are very few L's, you know, a few losses that I, that I incur these yeah. days, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, it's just like, whew, okay, that happens. This happens. That <laughs> happens. This happens. Yeah. <sighs> Dude, you know, it's so funny because you brought up something that once again, of course, we're always on the same page, of course. And, you know, uh, Bruce Lee, right. Be like water, right. Flow, you know, and this is one of the many reasons I love plant medicine so much because they've allowed me to like have to, even before I could articulate what was happening, they forced me to uh, let go and surrender, right? Which is really what we're talking about here, right? Is like not having cognitive dissonance surrounding something and not allowing a story to become your identity, right? I mean, you look at the world specifically right now, right? And there are, there are multiple sides, but there are really two main sides that are going on right now politically and everything else, right? And a lot of that is the stories people have, which have been created by the media and the people they give their, you know, their trust to, right, and their attention to. And you're seeing what it does, right? And what I ask people, you know, because I, I stay far out of politics. I think it's a huge trap. Um, personally, I just I just think it's a it's a it's an attention grabber. And so when people will ask me about politics, and I'm like, I really don't, you know, do that. And they get so triggered. They're like, how could you not pay attention to this? You know, and I'm like, well, I mean, how's it working out for you? You know, because usually <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, because you're arguing with me right now and wasting so much energy that you could use to actually go out and change the world. Right. But you're arguing with me about why I don't pay attention to politics. And it's like because I'm too busy going out and helping people change their worlds, you know, and that's not to like talk down on anyone that's I've, I've, I've played both sides of this. You know, that's why I can talk like this. And I'm sure you have too. like I let my identity get caught up in so many stories of like what people thought I should do and all these things. Right. And, you know, things I thought mattered. And then over time, I started realizing that really the way that you change the world or one of the ways you change the world is you help people get their power back, you know? So that has a much better ratio to me than politics helping people get their life back. So for me, I put my energy where I can help people get their lives back, right? And that comes from like people helping me get my life back, right? And helping me like ask really good questions, you know? And asking me questions that allowed me to dive deep, you know? And and especially like Mark, you know, finding me and, and seeing something me that I didn't see in myself at that time and give him that call to action. Like, dude, like quit, quit, you know, get used to it. Like, let's go, let's go do this. You know, um, I use yeah. that saying everywhere now when people are like, man, this is so cool. I'm like, get used to it. You know, you're rad. Yeah, I'm rad. Yes, you know, yes. <laughs> well, Ryan, you know? you know, what you're doing is, is very similar to the, 
the, the phenomenon we talked about earlier with Robin Williams and these great comedians is you're giving the medicine that you love. You're you're allowing that to to be administered to other people. Hmm. You know, and that's that's very similar to what Mark and I were doing. This stuff is medicine that we find very um very nurturing and and very uh, loving and and helpful. And so we're placing it out there in the world and saying we found this to be valuable. Would you like to participate in this? And you have the option of saying no. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's it's we share the things that we're passionate about, and 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 there's a good intention behind it. So you're doing the same thing. You're very you're finding a tremendous amount of help um, in in all this cool stuff that you're into, and yeah. you want to spread the word. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I also want to reiterate for anyone listening, like you know. Like what Adam just said, like, I've found this way to work best for me to be able to give my medicine, right? And what I challenge everyone to do is find, like, what I'm, what we're both really getting at here, Adam, is, like, finding the way, the finding the medicine that you can best supply, right? Because everyone's got a unique gift, right? A unique source of medicine. And so for me, like, I go where where it feels good, right? Like I always use the analogy of the snail. When a snail is born, it doesn't have any parents around to tell it where to go to find water, where to go to find food. All it knows if it is all it knows is that if it's moving closer towards life or towards death, right? That's all it knows. It just has a feeling. It can track its energy. And so for me, I'm just going where it feels good, you know? And that's why like you know, when people will try to like, you know, when they're, when they're, when they're operating from a disempowering story, a story that's robbing them from power, right. And they're getting angry and all these things. And, you know, that's where I feel like someone could really benefit from just like taking a breath, you know, like that thing that we're supposed to do, like, I don't know, a couple thousand times a day (laughs) and just asking themselves, like, what would love do now? You know, like, what could I do that would help me feel better and help me supply medicine to the world, you know? And, um, that's like, you know, been a huge game changer for me is just finding which ways, um, I can supply medicine and I can have medicine supplied to me, you know, like that's how I found and lift it. It's how we're talking right now yeah. because I found medicine that worked for me, you know, that you created. Well, <laughs> did, did Mark tell you that, did Mark ever use that phrase with you, that quote? Um, he uses it a lot and I butcher it constantly. I apologize <laughs> to Mark in advance. It's something to the effect of whatever, um, an energy that seeks to constrict or to, uh, to contract is by definition a satanic force? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So so the reason I bring this up is because, you know, you're talking about politics and you're talking about the state of politics and the political discourse in 2020 America. Mm. And, you know, the nature, the structure of the discussion and the structure of the topic are very restrictive mm. and it's very controlling. Mm-hmm. You know, so so just like you're as a snail, you're moving towards things that feel good. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a snail sense you have there as well about yeah. what's what's what feels uh, what's rotten in Denmark, as they say. <laughs> you know, something <laughs> smells bad. Yeah. Um. And 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 you know, with you know, with our political situation, so much of it is, I I want to be on the side that is dominating the other side mm-hmm. this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a it's a it's a dominance it's yeah. a dominant situation. Yeah. Um. And you know, again, I we've talked about this since we started the podcast was this concept of freedom, flexibility, and choice and option. Mm. And when you take when you me personally, I believe when you when you remove freedom and option and choice. 
from the menu for human beings, you instantly create the environment for conflict. Mm. So, so when, when there is no choice, when there's no flexibility, when there is, are no options, conflict ensues. Take everybody that's, that's, uh, you know, that's in, in a, in a, you know, back when, before things were closed, uh, that's in an Ikea and just put them in a, a, a 20 by 20 room where no one can move, right? Like, like, a, <laughs> I mean, it, you're going to have conflict near immediately. Yeah. Yet if they're in the Ikea and there's a giant show floor, well, then they're going to have choice or options. They can choose to leave. They can, you know, it's just, so my, my, my position, and I want to tie all these ideas together mm. is that if we give our, our stories are just like those people in that Ikea. Mm-hmm. If we just give them space to move around and be flexible and eh, that could be true or that could be accurate. That could be inaccurate. You give our, you know, we do this with our breath. We do this with our words. We do this with how we see things and how we define things. Give ourselves some space, conflict, the opportunity, the the uh, environment for conflict is dissipated. Now we have breathing room. You know, mm. so that's 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 the basis uh, for everything Mark and I have been working on is 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 to really open this up for freedom and liberty. Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought up freedom, man, you know, because, you know, something that is talked about frequently within our circles is the subject of freedom, you know, freedom to do what we want, when we want with who we want. And one of the best ways in which I describe this way of living to people I meet is that of a modern day pirate, right? And I'd love it if you could speak to what being a pirate means to you and how you go about being more pirate in your life. Whoa. Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, Pirate. Um, well, to become a pirate, it's important to have the flexibility of mind mm. to get to a, to a spot like that, because you're going to require skepticism and you're going to require some comfort in your confidence in yourself that things will work out, that you will figure it out and there will be fails and there will be wins. Um, and you keep doing things, you will get better at it. So that's just to get to the point of being a pirate. You got to have some sort of independent streak. You got mm-hmm. to you have to culture it. Pardon me. I use the word have. I, that's a passive language word. <laughs> I I try to use as many active language mm-hmm. words as possible. So you have to cultivate that that uh, that spirit. And in terms of day to day life, uh, dude, practical stuff. I'm I'm pretty practical, man. I know mm-hmm. we've talked a lot of very big abstract ideas here in some ways, but I mean, just basic stuff, dude, how many people are up to their eyeballs in debt, you know, and, 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 and have yet to give themselves financial educations, you know, basic ones. Right. So getting free of something like debt, getting, being financially flexible. Again, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's independently wealthy quote unquote, and people, I, I believe, uh, they place the idea of someone, you know, worth, you know, $50 $50 million or something like that and into that category mm-hmm. or something, maybe higher if they have other aspirations or lower. But and I'm, I'm saying just being able to make moves, just having flexibility in your finances to be able to say, okay, well, listen, I, I'm responsible so I can go and make these choices now, you know, and I can do these three months of personal work or building a business or taking a risk because I've done that. So I think just basic stuff like being in control of, of all those aspects of life, your, your fitness, obviously people who listen to this podcast, they are very likely into the fitness world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 into your self self care and health, uh, getting, getting really, really educated with cash, 
and uh, and being in a good relationship, man. Mm. That's so huge, man. Yes. How many how many people, man? I and I've done it. Yeah, where they're in crappy relationships, where there's again restrictive, controlling natures in mm-hmm. some ways, or bad fits, and again environments for conflict. Dude, I'm so blessed. I I was able to cultivate a great relationship, um, and and th- that's a huge part about being pirate. I know this sounds like it sounds counterintuitive. It sounds like you, you ask me what's a pirate. And yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, you have to have a parrot, and then you got to have the, you know, the, the screwed up teeth, and you yeah. got to have the eye patch. Uh, and I'm saying, you know, there's, there's like, it's kind of like the Jocko Willink quote of discipline equals freedom. Yes. It's like you get, you get good at a few things, and you can start calling your own shots. Oh yeah. Uh, and that's really what pirate, being a pirate is—is is calling your own shots. Yeah, yeah, and. You know, I love what you brought up because, you know, we are talking about like modern day pirates, right? So like modern day pirates, mm-hmm. you know, like unless they're really cool, they're not going to have a parrot, you know, um, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> but like, you know, you're right. Like they're going to be fl- like, and I love this, you know, I didn't even intend for it to tie together this way. And uh, I'm really glad it did that, you know, really what we're talking about, what you were just talking about, like people that are in debt, um, people that are in bad relationships that are controlling, we're going right back to the stories they're telling themselves about themselves, right? Like, you know, people that are in debt, right? Like sometimes I've, I've heard this story and this isn't the only story, of course, but one of the stories that a lot of people that are in debt have is I have to keep up with the Joneses, you know, and there's that passive language again. I have to, not I get to, right? I have to. So it's coming from ego, right? So, you know, they're, they're fed this story that like, hey, you know, this is what success looks like. And, you know, people are going to judge you if you're at a certain age, you don't have a job or a house, the white picket fence and the family and, uh, you know, all this stuff. And so they become rigid in that story and then end up, you know, like, like it ends up being their disaster, you know, um, and where at the same time, if in that story, they could say, you know what, like, you know, what if I just have the right people around me that aren't going to judge me, that are going to love me regardless, right? You know, then I don't need as big of a house. And you know what, like, if I have the right people around me, and I feel happy with myself, right, if I'm putting in the work, I don't need a new car, I could use the old one, that's fine, you know, and you know what, like, if I have the right mindset around these types of things, like I'm probably, it's all going to tie into my relationships with these people that I'm talking about, right? Like they're going to be better people, you know, more right, uh, in alignment. In. Yeah. Yeah. It's worse. It's even worse than that. Yeah. Because when you win at that game, when you win at that story, mm. the, 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 the grand prize of that win is you have to hang around all the people you attracted. <laughs> dude yes that's the grand prize you just just won yeah uh all these facile relationships with people that you don't like yeah congratulations yeah you know and it's it's that's the part that that they don't tell you negation acknowledged yeah is that whatever you you know if you're playing the wrong game you're gonna win the wrong trophy yes so you really yeah you really gotta make sure you're playing the right game dude Um, i i love that I love that, man. That's, you know, that's really perfect. Like, because that's, um, that's exactly what I realized somewhere in my development, you know? Um, and I think that's what all of us that, you know, do realize it, realize at one point, like 
I'm playing a game that I don't want the prize of. You know what I mean? Like when I was in school for psychology, like, you know, that's one of the main reasons I got into cannabis, you know, because I, I looked at it and I was like, you know, psychology is cool. I enjoy it, but I'm definitely not trying to get stuck in a cubicle, you know, or like a like an office room in a suit and tie every day. That sounds boring as hell. That smells like office supplies in my head, you know, and just like not fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I worked at a Staples when I was younger. Those smells haunt me in my dreams, you know. So, <laughs> but, you know, it's funny, man, because really what we're talking about here among other things, is like the value of being connected to yourself, to the people that are around you, right? And in our modern day world, with all of our technologies, our comforts, our complex lives, I found that many have forgotten the beauty in a deep conversation like we're having right now, right? And knowing full well that you share my love for deep conversations, you know, i.e. one of our amazingly epic combos in Virginia, you know, the thousands we've had in a very short amount of time, um, I'm curious what you feel the impact of sharing something as simple as a deep conversation can have on someone's world. And I'm even more curious what you feel could be accomplished in the lives of everyone on earth with more connection and conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, you're full of these, these are great questions, Ryan. You're thanks, so good man. at this. Dude, yeah, thank you, brother. Really, that, that's yeah. a wonderful question. Thank you, brother. I've been listening to your show and yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. Dude, thank you, man. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so let's answer this question. You know, I, I go back to this um, this point that I believe Jordan Peterson is famous for making this. Uh, he's famous for a lot of things, but this oh, yeah. point specifically is is really interesting to me. And that and the concept is like the reason why he is so adamant about free speech is because unless we are able to speak freely and expand uh, what what it is and, and how we articulate this world around us and to do that freely, then it's really difficult to think very clearly because what you're, you're ultimately doing is you're expanding out so then eventually you can contract to a point of equilibrium to where you can come back in and the idea gets a, it's, it's like the right size. You know, you can mm. go out to the margins on the left, go out to the margins on the right, and you expand this. So now you, your, 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 your sweet zone is a little larger as well <laughs> and you get more more, more room to play around. And who knows? Sometimes you may find the idea out in the margin. So the, it's important to go out there occasionally. Mm. Um, so, so to answer your question specifically about the, uh, about having conversations with people and deep conversations is that it allows us to get there, you know, mm. because when we're sharing that idea in real time, like you and I are doing right now, yeah. Things happen to they they arrive along in this shared destination. You know, we're we're taking this journey together and we're mapping the terrain and we're sharing what we've seen along the path. And then you say something to me and I, and it, it triggers a, a, a in a good way, a positive trigger, an idea, and then I relate that to you and you relate, relate that to me, and it starts expanding the ability to think um, and and to articulate how we see the world. So I think that's very important. Uh, simply for that reason alone. And I also think that on a, a truly deep conversation is very authentic and it, it, it's personal as well as, as um, conceptual. Mm. Uh, so what happens is, is, you know, you share something very authentic um, to you and I, and, and very meaningful to you. And, and it was Carl Rogers who I'm reading now again, mm. uh, who's the father of humanist psychology who said that what is most personal is most, is most, um, I want to say it was most personal is 
most applicable. I want to say that that's the quote, mm. meaning it, if it's something that's truly personal and it's and it rings authentic to you, it will be applicable to many. And you mm. have to work from that perspective. So I believe that um, what you're saying is, is this this, con- this concept of a deep conversation, dude, it's an art form. Mm. And through that art yes. form, if, if we express ourselves and we understand, we share that uh, that expression with other people and get to understand them. So um, I was thinking that idea out in real time. So I apologize if it was a little, <laughs> Dude, s- little rough. That was amazing, man. You know, this is one of the uh, reasons that I ask these questions to you, which are, you know, pretty deep. You know, I mean, they, they are deep, you know, and if there's anyone I know can answer them like I, you know me, man. I love talking about things that are really far out and like, you know, far reaching. And, you know, really, you're one of the only people that like, I mean, dude, for those of you who aren't aware, um, you know, Adam and I had a four and a half to five hour long conversation, probably until like two or three in the morning that first night with Chris Marhefka, um, about everything. I mean, like, Everything from religion to aliens to the meaning of life to everything. I mean, it was it was incredible. And that's when I knew I'm like, Adam, you're my guy, dude. <laughs> like, man, like there's, you know, I'm a talker. If uh, the people listening and you, Adam, have not noticed yet, you know, I know. Oh, shocker, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and so anyone that can uh, stand toe to toe in terms of talking, um, I'm immediately best friends with. Um, because, you know, I firmly believe, too, that for me, you know, I've gone to school, I've done all these things, and they've all been super great and not, and like impactful to me. However, and um, nothing has been more, you know, binary language knowledge, nothing has been more um, impactful to me than just the conversations I've had, especially in the last four months. I mean, like those have leveled me up so much and allowed me to be so flexible in what I believe life is all about, you know, and that actually brings me to my next question, which I've been so curious to ask, you know, throughout this whole podcast, um, like, you know, doing every episode. And I felt like for for many, it just wouldn't be, it would be a very interesting question to ask. For you, I feel as though you would be the one perfectly equipped to answer it. And, you know, it sounds like a cliche question, and I think you'll find the beauty in it, you know. And the question is, I mean, what do you feel the meaning of life is? And how has that meaning evolved for you over the course of your life? Oh, you really went for the um, the coup de gras with that one. You you just you went you went for it. Hey, uh, full send. I got a question for you, Adam. What's the meaning of life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Full send, bro. Yeah, okay. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm gonna make you work for it. You know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know what? There are softball questions, and then there's that one. Um, <laughs> should, so I, I could give the old uh, beauty pageant answer, and it's it's love. Yeah. To be kind of, and, you know, uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, you don't strike me as a beauty pageant guy, Adam. No, you know. I mean, you know, it it to me it changes. <laughs> you know, I, I I do I do. I'm starting to feel more when it comes to that question yeah. versus articulate it because I, I I'm I'm becoming. I'm, go, I'm, I'm becoming a person who believes that that question, negation acknowledged, cannot be answered through the articulation of words. Agreed. Agreed. Um, that there's something you just have to feel. Mm. And and I love your analogy of the snail because the snail, you just, you're going, you're being pulled towards it, mm-hmm. you know, because there's so many directions, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm sure you've had moments in your life where you're, you're, you're 
going in a direction and you know you're not supposed to be going in that direction and you go anyway yeah. and, it, and part of you knows it mm-hmm. you know part of you knows it and can feel it deeply so yeah the only way I can answer that question is to say it's it's unanswerable with words mm. I, I at least for me at the moment I, I I'm going I'm going to where I'm being pulled and, and I'm drawn towards um, and there is some of the words that could be used to describe it is are, are are authentic. I would say authentic or or something to the oh man. There's so many words that that, mm. that that are compromised. I mean, there's something essential about that place and that feeling when you feel that you are in going in the right direction. Um, yeah, man, you asked a real whopper of a question, man. <laughs> Guilty as charged, you know. Yeah. What would you say, like, what would you say the closest feeling that you could describe it as is? Um, I would say, I would say, love is mm-hmm. definitely at the very top of the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you, when, when I love someone purely, and, and it's just. And it's an it's an expansive type of love, hmm. um, and it and I and I it's like that sort of thing. It's like that that really powerful feeling of love. Um, it, that that easily is the the one that comes to mind first. Hmm. And and I say that uh, you know as as truthfully as I can, because I know that that, that could sound trite and also very cynical to some people if they're yeah. like, well, yeah, man, love. Uh. <laughs> but I, I, I truly, I felt that. I've, I felt that many times where I'm, mm. I, I'm there. I'm there in that, in that moment and, and, and I'm feeling it and it feels right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, one of the reasons I asked you that, because I thought about it for a while, you know, and I was like, I'm going to ask Adam, you know, because, you know, I think we've talked about this before, um, either in this lifetime or another one, you know, word in the galactic street, though, is that, you know, um, along, you know, really, like a lot of these sayings that we hear, right, like the super cheesy, cliche statements, like live, laugh, love, right, and all that stuff. It's actually really trippy, because when you think about it, like, that actually is like a lot of what life should be about is like living, laughing, loving. And like, we're all just so numbed. We're like, Oh, get out of here with that Hallmark bullshit. Right. And, and that's why, like, I, I, I loved playing that with you because I knew that like you would, you would say love in some way, shape or form because you're like me and you're like that. It is, it is love. Like, I know it's silly to hear, but like at the same time or, and it's true, you know? And so I'm going to ask you another hard question. And you know, this one, um, it just came to me, you know? And so I'm going to ask it, which is, what is the most expansive moment of love you've ever experienced in your life? Ooh. You know, there's, there have been a few. Um, recently with my wife, um, mm. uh, we, um, I, I had a moment where I may have uh, been walking down Galactic Street, um, <laughs> to, to use your phrase. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and, and, and to be able to express to her how much I, I love her Mm. for exactly what she is Mm. and, and, and being in, in, and literally correcting her and saying, you don't get it. I don't, I, you don't have to do anything. I just love you and, and meaning it. And like it it just being so in, in experiencing her reaction uh, to that. 
that felt great. And that felt great on a galactic level. Um, and, and, and yeah, there have been other times when I'm, I'm, I feel love in terms of, you know, the universe and things like that, like that, but that is the last most recent time that it's really hit me. That's beautiful, man. And you know, I, you know, I got to ask, I mean, when you were saying that, when you were deep in that moment, like, no, you just don't get it. I love you. Did you, did you mess up and say, you just don't negation acknowledged. You just don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was correcting my speech. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I just had to ask, man, you know, uh, yeah. you know, for everyone listening, you start learning about negations, projections and, uh, and soft talk, you're going to be calling it out everywhere, you know, and, uh, it's, you know, can't stop, won't stop, you know, and, uh, you know, good riddance, you know, all that disempowering, you know, conflict language, ugh. You know, you know, you, you, you use it. You got to correct yourself when uh, it's fun to correct yourself when it matters the most. Yes. You know, when it's really important or if you have some free time in your hands and you're, you're cool with sending like you have a major uh, like Tourette's uh, syndrome. <laughs> Mark calls Mark and I named it a speech and betterment. Did he tell oh, you that? yes, dude. I've heard a, that speech and betterment. A speech and betterment. <laughs> dude. dude. That is amazing. Like, I remember when, uh, I don't know if you were in the circle. I think you were actually at Mark's house and me, Danny Rios and Rachel, when we were in Mexico, we were just like smoking volcano bags one night and we just like started geeking out over Mark. I don't know, for some reason. And we were like, wait, Mark, my words, you know? And like, I was like, I got to tell him that, you know, I got to tell him that. And so we, uh, we dropped it. I, well, I dropped it at his house when, when you got, when we were all there and, uh, he tried to keep a poker face so good. You know, he's like, you ever heard a question mark? You know, but I knew I was like, I knew I got him. You know, I was like, you ever heard that before? He's like, no. But, you know, actually what got him more because like one of my favorite things is just getting Mark to break his poker face. Like that's like my main goal every time I come down there. Um, the Galactic Street fucking really got him. Like he started laughing so hard. I was like, oh, man, I fucking got him. <laughs> it was really funny, dude. Dude, you, you, you're you the you're the man when it comes to getting people. Yeah. <laughs> You know, speaking to my wife, she has been she has been saying for the past few weeks, whenever we it was when we left uh, yeah. the lake house, I just want to listen to Ryan tell stories, <laughs> and, and 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 may or may not be ingesting cannabis, but I just want to be around him, uh, <laughs> telling stories. And I said, "Hey, you're in luck. He has a podcast. Yes, I'm going to be on it. Yes, dude." You know, uh, that moment you were speaking about when you experienced pure love, I just experienced pure love when you told me that. Um, so I really appreciate you, uh, allowing me to feel into that, man. That was really special. Thank you Hell yeah, man. to know, you know, people of your caliber, you know, like people that are like, really like the people I look up to. I mean, straight up, there's, there's no better way to say it. You know, people that I look to and emulate and inspire me, uh, the fact that, you know, you see me showing up in this way is like, just, it literally drops my jaw. Like I, I don't have words for it. Like I was... I was saying to someone earlier, like, I feel like I have to keep pinching myself, you know, because I keep thinking this is a dream. But unless I'm really in a dream, like, this ain't a dream. Like, I pinch myself, like, so many times. I have pinch marks everywhere, you know? And uh, it ain't a dream. <laughs> well, that's very flattering, Ryan. Let's just say that you, um, whatever it is that you've been uh, processing uh, when it comes to your stuff, um, it, whether you want to call it an imposter syndrome or whatever, yeah. or people have all sorts of names for it. Uh, dude, you're you're just a special guy, man. You're gonna have to get used to it, dude. And, and one way or the other, you're just gonna have to get used to it. I'm, <laughs> there I'm, it is I'm again. I'm sorry to break the bad news, dude. You're gonna Damn. you're gonna you're gonna be a special dude. So and you are a special dude. And Thank you, so brother. It's it's yeah. Just deal with it. <laughs> deal with it, bro, dude. Damn. One of the 
one of the funniest things I like to tell people when like they're going through like, you know, like not like an actual like hardship, right? Like something that's like, oh my God, that's like rough, right? Like, but something like we all have those days, right? We're like, eh, fucking car wouldn't start, like blah, blah, blah. Like I'll go up to people and be like, hey, dude, spoiler alert, it's all going to be okay. You know, and they're just like, you know, and it's like one of the things that I love doing to people and it reminded me right there, like, just get used to it, man. You're going to, you're going to have to get used to it, you know, and that's what made me think. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's a good thing to get used to. And, a lot, and you know, a lot of folks, I'll tell you an interesting story, if, mm. if I may uh, jump into a quick tangent here. Please, go right ahead. Go okay. right ahead. I'd All right, so um, I, had a, I had a discussion with a cousin of mine, um, and uh, this past weekend we went to lunch, and, you know, she said something to me, and, and it, it really, it, it's like the ultimate conflict language statement. I, it blew my mind. Okay, it just blew my mind. I, I had to take note. She's, she said, I would like to move into a particular place, but it's expensive. And in order to live there, I'm going to have to get a job. And in order to get the job that I want, I'm going to have to fake not having my imposter syndrome long enough to get hired. <laughs> and then, I, And so I... I complete the story and I say, do you mean so that then afterwards you can um, go back to your imposter syndrome? And she goes, yes. Oh, my <laughs> and God. I, and, and, I, and I just look at her and I say, you know, you have other options, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's imposter syndrome, confidence, that kind of thing, being able to take compliments. It's it's a it's a thing, man. It's yeah. a real thing. Yeah. And and yeah, you know, we got to get used to. Yeah, you know, there's some people out there that go the other way, and they think that they're like the greatest thing since sliced bread. I get it. Mm -hmm. And I'd rather go that a little bit further in that direction than go into the you know paralysis uh, state of 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 you know uh, self doubt and and stinking thinking. Self, it's thinking, thinking, thinking. Paralysis <laughs> by analysis, right? It's yeah. no, 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 no. Anyways, you were, you were, yeah, I'm sure you had another amazing question lined up. Oh, I do. And that question is, you know, um, one of the things that we do a lot, right, that we get to do in these cool circles we're part of, right, is epic humans, uh, with yeah. other epic humans doing epic shit, is we get to travel and we get to adventure, right? And I know this is a subject near and dear to your heart, you know, as it is to my heart. And, you know, as I know for me personally, there is not one other single activity that has tested me taught me who I truly was and leveled me up as much as adventure has. How has adventuring impacted you? And what was the most impactful experience you had in Thailand specifically? Oh, adventure. Mm. Yeah, here we go again. <laughs> uh, great question. So mm. I met my mentor. I told you that story already. Mm -hmm. Worked for that guy for five years. Love him. I'm going to see him next week. Mm. Five-year mark, that was enough. Mm -hmm. And I, I, we sold the, the company, so I got a little nice decent little bye-bye uh, present. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? I got two options. I can go and start something now immediately, or I can go back to Thailand and visit my family and reconnect with them as best that, best that I can. And I can learn the language and I can, and I can do something fun. Uh, and I'll do that for a month. I was there for 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> dude <laughs> i was there for 12 freaking years man wow uh, i met and of course i met mark there i met uh i met uh, my wife there i met uh some mutual friends of ours they'll say 
uh, I met her in Thailand as well. Met mm-hmm. some really amazing people, and that you know that was a that was that that entire chapter was really adventure. I mean, it was uncharted territory. It's that you know it's that classic Joseph Campbell structure. You had the the first act. First act is the thesis. It's you know how the world is presented to the hero mm-hmm. as it exists at the beginning of the story. And then what is the second act? The second act is antithesis. It's the opposite of. It's unfamiliar. It's crazy. Um, people back home for the first six months I was traveling, oh, this is the coolest thing ever. About a year later, you're still doing this. Two years later, a little resentment. Yeah. Three years later, this guy's a total hippie. We're never going to see him again. <laughs> so, you know, so it's like one of those things. And, uh and uh, yeah, he went full apocalypse now. He's going to go with Colonel Kurtz up in the mountain somewhere. Uh, but yeah, uh, so <laughs> so so what happened was is just that whole that whole period. I I was just meeting so many amazing different people and experiencing all these lessons. And, and it was dude, you asked me my adventure, dude. It was a day to day basis. Just being there and living there was an adventure. Um, I mean, having my mind blown by a variety of things. Uh, just living in another culture, dude, like, and, and, and existing there and like, you know, you know, you know, just being is mm-hmm. a mind blower. Um, and I traveled a lot. I went to Nepal. I went to, um, Cambodia, Laos, all through Southeast Asia, Japan a few times, uh, you know, Australia. I went through a lot of, a lot of travel out there as well as living there and learned a new language, communicated with people in, in a new language, which was freaking great. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it, it was uncomfortable for a lot mm-hmm. of that time, it, but it has to be, you know, it has to be adventure, you know, comfort is sitting at home and doing whatever it is that is easy. But yeah. The adventure is getting uncomfortable and, and taking risks. So to answer your question again, in a very broad sense, the entire time, man, I mean, yeah. we, you think, you think Mark and I are weird now. You shouldn't have seen the stuff <laughs> we were into, you know, 10, 12 years ago. Oh, dude, I can only imagine, man, you know, like. Uh, I remember someone saying about Mark, like, you know, anyone who likes combo that much uh, is is a deep individual, you know, and, you know, I'm, uh, you know, now that I've been doing combo, I'm like, fuck, dude, I get it. You know, like that, like mental clarity is insane, you know, and out of curiosity, um, you know, what have you experienced from combo? You know, uh, if you could tell people what it is real quick, just a brief, brief thing of what it is and how it's helped you. Because uh, we talk about plant medicines a lot on this uh, on this channel. And a lot of people know I guide, you know, different journeys for people. So I'd love if you could explain it in your own words, what combo has done for you so far and what it is. Well, I'm I'm late to the party. I'm, I'm a two, three time combo mm-hmm. uh, uh, recipient. Mm-hmm. That's a good word for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Mark's been into it for a while. You know, this goes back to that, my previous statement about how Mark and I were in some weird stuff, man, Mark has been in some very strange stuff over the years. And so my, my hesitation was thinking, you know what, I'm going to let Mark do this a little bit longer and then I'm going <laughs> to, then I'm going to get into it. Uh, and of course, Mark is much more structured and much more on point now. So of course that stuff was dialed in from the, from the beginning. And, you know, really for him, this, this frog medicine, to, to give people an idea of what this is, it's it's a it's a it's an ancient medicine that I believed uh, I believe it originates in Central or South America. Yeah, uh, you take the venom of this particular frog. Someone had a vision. Some shaman had a vision at some point. Decided, hey, you know what? In order to 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 get the desired result that we're looking for, you have to burn a portal, a little hole into the 
the, the subsurface of the skin and then administer this particular frog poison. And then when we do that, we're going to be able to accentuate our immune systems and, and we're going to be able to accentuate and, and, and upgrade uh, our sensory uh, abilities on the hunt and, and, and just being and being on mm -hmm. this plane. Um, so, you know, and, and there have been practitioners outside of that environment uh, for many decades now. So, you know, Mark learned from one of the best and has introduced this into our, our, our social circle, our culture here within Lifted. And, um, and as far as what it's done for me, uh, you know, I, I, I feel great. I feel heightened. I feel clear. Um, I definitely um, have yet to become sick or ill at all mm. since I started doing this um, uh, six months ago. Wow. Um, Damn. That's impressive. Uh, Mark, Mark has Mark has been doing this for three or four years, I believe, and he says he has yet to get sick once, um, which is interesting uh, because, like, when you're doing combo, if people out there are wondering what it feels like and why this is like a thing, quote unquote, it's it, it the way I describe it is when they when you burn the portal, you know, on the skin, remove that that skin that's there, and place the frog medicine we'll be kind and call it medicine it mm -hmm. is yeah <laughs> and place it on the portal there or the gateway as they call it um i like calling it a portal it sounds funny. oh yeah um Hell yeah. The, the gateway mm -hmm. you go from depending on how many of those that you do how many gateways that you open up and how many dots that you do you will go from feeling normal to the sickest you've ever been the height of the sickest you've ever been within two minutes you know yeah this. dude it, it's, it's it, it's insane. It's, it's serious. <laughs> it's it's really really uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, it's in, and, and you know, and the higher you go up in doses, um, the 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 less comfortable it gets. And um, that said, um, you know, results speak for themselves. Yeah, dude, wholeheartedly agree with that. You know, and since we're talking talking about traveling, both you know domestically, uh, internationally, and you know spiritually. You know, galactically, yeah, galactically, right? You know, I'm curious, what's your favorite alien story? And if you could give the listeners one piece of advice when it comes to their language and your best alien impersonation, what would it be? Wait, wait, did you say alien or alien? Alien, like you know, your buddy, my friend. How, yeah. how do you know who alien is? Is this Mark put you up to this? Word on the galactic street, bro. You know, Word you know how these things go, you know. <laughs> Oh wow! I do my research, bro. You know, I gotta, I gotta dig deep. Oh wow! You know? Which if one? I... See the the issue. Oh, dude, the issue with this particular question got him. <laughs> is because is because a lot of the stuff he says, I'd rather uh, keep private for for everyone's <laughs> sake. Dude, this guy is such a legend. Okay, this guy is um is he, he one ups Hugh Hefner. Dude. Okay, so to imagine taking I'm listening. Hugh Hefner and, and raising the stakes. I'm listening. You know? I'm, I'm in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. He certainly he would be right at home with Hef uh, when Hef was living, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now it would be kind and, of weird uh, if he was. He, at home now would be very strange. <laughs> he, you know, he's not a necrophilia negation acknowledged. Yeah, he'd be like, damn, um, dude. You guess you shouldn't talk about him. <laughs> right, right, right. No, the, the dude, the guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good, good one. Uh, Guilty. Yeah, I wanted to keep that private. Uh, now the 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 uh, the guy is just, and he's just the way he looks at the world and the way he sees things uh, is just so unique. And he he, dude, it's a big candy store to him. And he's he's in his sixties, and he 
is dude. I'm telling you, man. Dan Blazarian would 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 be hard pressed to keep up with him in terms of just his <laughs> lifestyle. And you know, a lot of people will hear this and they say, "Oh, this sounds like a total like chauvinist guy or whatever." Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> in some ways, you know, in some ways. But the guy's a sweetheart. He's one of the kindest people ever. I'm trying to, I'm, as I'm talking about this guy, I'm attempting to figure out what would be a safe impression to do. Because I'm telling you, they're all like, they're all like cancelable yeah. 2020 standards. And, and, and he's still, and, you know, he's still with us and he's still out there active. I want to make sure that this never gets back to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, that this stays with us. Oh, uh, can can we can we just come back to that at another time? Because that that, that one I want to nail. Uh, and, and, and at the same time, dude, I'm telling you, almost every one of his 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 phrases are, dude, they're 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 radioactive by 2020. <laughs> dude, well, I mean, two things. One, yes, of course, we can wait for it. Number two, um, you know me and my channel, man. Like when you speak to everyone, you're heard by no one. You know, so like. I'm not trying to speak to everyone, you know, like I know some people are not going to resonate with my channel and that's totally cool. Cause like there's 7.5 billion people on the planet. And like, if I try to talk to all those people, I would have like no life. You know what I mean? So like, feel free, like, you know, uh, of course, like within a little bit of, I mean, like, you know, use your best judgment, of course, if it's something like super crazy, like, you know, whatever. But, um, you know me, man, I'm a full setting type of guy. You know what I mean? So if that, you know, allows you to open up any of the sayings, like, all right, fuck it, this one, you know, uh, uh, that's cool. If not, then I happen to get the reaction I wanted out of you, which is like, holy shit, how did he know that detail in my life? And uh, I'll, I'll give you one. This, yeah. this one's, this one's, this one's oh, PG. Okay. Or PG thirteen? No, no, it's still it's still R. All right, cool. Uh, it, it, uh, We're all seventeen okay. plus here. Listen to this. I'm pretty sure, anyway. And if uh, not, what d- the hell, what? parents? <laughs> you you mentioned to me earlier in this podcast that that I should gut check everything. I should go with my authentic self. I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna retract this. I there's no way I can tell the story without <laughs> without just without putting him in a position potentially. You know, no, this this is this is best kept. To us. I will I will find one and I will send it to you and I'll do an MP3 and that could be a follow up episode. Hell yeah! Potentially. But dude, I, I nah nah dude. That's that's <laughs> a great question. Thank you, Mark, for putting that out there. But there's so much. It's that's that's a very that's a very difficult road. He sounds like okay. my uncle. You know, like he sounds like my uncle. Like anything my uncle said, I could never say again. Like or I'd immediately be canceled. But they're funny. Sex, ass drugs, rock and roll. Dude, yeah. The, 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 the you know just the craziest stuff. Um, and dude, that guy is the ultimate pirate, dude. Oh yeah. He does whatever he wants. Yeah. And, and it's cool. It's a very cool thing to see. Hmm. Yeah, man. There aren't many people out there like that, especially in today's world, you know, where everyone's super fragile, you know, uh, and like, you know, to see people like in their power that strong and by power, like I'm not trying to trigger anyone like, oh, powerful. I'm like, no, I just mean like unapologetically themselves, you know, like not afraid to speak their mind, not afraid if they offend someone, because at the end of the day, and this might again, this is one of those things that is cancelable these days. But if you get offended, it just means that you don't have the emotional basis to be able to handle what someone's saying. And a lot of people don't want to hear that. You know, a lot of people would want to, you know, and that's the whole freedom of speech thing. You shouldn't be able to say that because it makes me feel a certain way. Well, why don't you deal with how you feel and then I can say whatever I want, you know, within reason, of course, you know. Um, well, yeah, it's an outsourcing of your emotions to someone else. And yeah, I mean, yeah. that's, 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 I get your audience is way higher level than that. And yeah. our, our crew is higher than that. I'm, I, I, I'm simply protecting someone. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, and word, I'm protecting someone. Off of the <laughs> extreme and it goes onto the regular street. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, 
So yeah, man. And do you want to talk about that, by the way, this concept of of cancellation and and identity and stuff like that? Because I believe this is all part of the story work. Um, yeah. Let's go into that. Let's riff on it, man. Like, how do you how do you feel about all this stuff when people? Uh, this I know this is also a bit rocky, but when people in 2020 they seem to be identifying or and welcoming being identified by immutable characteristics such as uh, gender, race, sexuality, mm-hmm. stuff like this, uh, versus versus their their beliefs and their their minds and their souls. Um, how do you feel about that? Well, you know what I feel it is, right? And I'll give, you know, a lot of people the benefit of the doubt. Like, you know, I think it starts from how we're raised, right? And and our parents, like, and our grandparents, they were brought up in a different time. Grandparents probably not going to get it offended over much. They were in World War II. Like, you know, nothing offended them. Um, parents, even not so much, right? But these days, what I find is the media, right, which is, like, the worst, right? Anyone listening that thinks anyone else is out to get them, it's just the media. Like, the media spins everything to make it seem like the world is horrible, right? So... Uh, it's the media combined with I feel as though many people don't have uh, hobbies anymore. Like they don't they don't actually do things that make them feel alive. So what makes them feel alive is the dark forces, right, of being triggered, of being offended, right? Because again, it's just like Star Wars. Like Darth Vader had a lot of power and he worked with dark magic, right? So like being offended, these are all these things that people tell you that you should get offended over, right? When someone says that to you, you should tell them to stop. You should get offended over it, right? And really what that doing is it's keeping you in a sympathetic nervous system response which allows you which which disables your critical thinking skills when you're critical when you're a critical thinker you have the ability to question a lot of what people are showing you right but if you keep people in a sympathetic nervous system response they're unable to critical think and then the herd mentality takes over and then they're like yeah i'm offended too yeah i'm offended too and before you know you have people just trying to like blanket free speech and all this stuff because they think that these things are actually something that's going to help humanity when in reality they're 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 walking a very dangerous slippery slope because when you start taking away free speech like in their minds i think they're they're doing the best with the information they have like hey we should ban bad words so that people can't say them yeah and where does that end because one person's definition of bad is very different than another person's version of bad right so that's where a lot of like the 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 scariness comes into it and that's why i feel like people like you and i are so into the freedom of speech right jordan peterson same thing it's like you don't understand when negation acknowledged that when you give the people, like, can we just talk about real quick the people that are in power? Like, they're some of the dumbest sacks of shit. Like, no offense, but like, just straight up, like, they're just they're they're not they're not in touch whatsoever, right? So you're gonna give them power? Like, it's just like no, no. So that's that's my little two cents on it. You know, I think it's uh, you know, I don't think it's some. I'm not gonna say it's a big conspiracy, but I mean, like, when you're not critical thinking, you're more likely to buy Eggo waffles. You're more likely to buy Mountain Dew. You know, you're more likely to not think about what you're putting in your body you're more likely to become a consumer, you know? And I think that's like, honestly, I think that's the basis of it. I don't think it's some, you know, crazy warped conspiracy theory. I think it's just an easier way to get you to be a consumer and buy things you don't need, you know? You you bring up a lot of good points. And, and, (laughs) you know, for me, you know, you and I are different generations, you know, I'm, I'm a pure Gen Xer. Yeah. Right. So like some, when I look at when I was, you know, in my early twenties or in my late teens or whatever, you know, the concept of, of people, younger people, like being so tied into the identity based on these immutable characteristics would have been so absurd to me because mm. what was, what was punk and what was like cool, what was, what was in vogue at the time was to be an individual. Mm-hmm. 
um, and to be to to forge your own path, and and to uh, there is this phrase that is used often in the Gen X lexicon, and that's selling out. Mm. You know, uh, you, you hear that less and less these days. Um, and, and, and again, it has it has some complicated connotations with mm. it. But my my point is is that I to me I was expecting that the thing would just keep getting freer and people would just let allow each other to become themselves like just be more you you know okay now we're starting to we're going to plow this path in which we're going to allow people to be you you be you you be you you do you you do yeah. you and then and it seems really surprising to me that that those walls collapsed and mm. in fact uh, we've gone the other way. Uh, and, and where truly being an individual is looked down upon and, uh, and, and frowned upon if you express yourself authentically and from the inside out, then you can get really hurt. Mm -hmm. But if you wear the mask, if you wear the, the, the different clothes, the layer of skin or whatever, but you express the exact same pre-approved 10 or 12 ideas, mm -hmm. you're going to be okay. So if people intrinsically want to be safe, and they intrinsically want things to, to be easier uh, on them because there's plenty of things to get to get uh, you know worried about and worked up about. Mm. Well, the 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 funnel seems to be to put ourselves in a position where we just have to nod and go along and uh, and and not risk those things that that can get us hurt. You know, truly being ourselves. And the reason this is so important. As an idea to Mark and myself, as you know, we this is at the core of what we're doing and, and how we're helping people and working with people, hmm. uh, because when you get locked into an identity, uh, there's there's not a lot of not a lot of freedom and flexibility there. You're stuck again. It's you, you there are there are things about us that we can accept and we can play with, but we want to have space. Hmm. We want to create more space, more freedom. And if if I'm locked into well, this is my race. You know, I'm Asian American. You know, I, should I, my entire existence be based around the fact that I'm Asian American and I, and that Asians act this way? And this is it's that just seems so um, antithetical to um, certainly my generation uh, of, of Gen Xers to mm. to think in those terms. That seems lame. Yeah. So so and, <laughs> yeah. and and just you know to use one of our words as well uh, and and as well you know just in terms of the work that Mark and I are doing and what we're seeing in terms of results I mean it doesn't you know this this is very obvious once you go through this work to to you want to create the space to explore mm -hmm. and to and to find out who you are and mm -hmm. how are you supposed to do that if you're locked into this particular prescription and. Um, yeah, so it is concerning to me, and it's something that Mark and I do, do talk about, and mm. we believe the antidote truly is the stuff that we're, we're we're sharing. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like you brought up a lot of good points there too, which you know, like being offended to me, and like and and really taking a lot, like and and for anyone listening who is getting triggered right now, like I get it, like I'm not going to go to call someone mean names to their face, right? And at the same time, like. You know, if you're able to be strong in those situations and be a beacon of hope for the other people that might feel less strong in those situations and they're able to see an example of like, wow, that person was really strong and now I'm going to do that, right? Like think about like Rosa Parks or like Martin Luther King or any of these people, like they weren't getting offended over things. They were standing up for what they believed in instead, right? They were saying, you know what? Like I see where you're at and I'm going to 
you know, preach my word. And in, in, in doing so, they actually helped convert a lot of people, you know, because they weren't like, you know, th- they weren't, um, you know, like uh, an eye for an eyeing people, you know, because if someone's spewing hateful, gross stuff, right? And then you start saying you're friend and spew hateful stuff back, then it's, it's, it really doesn't make an impact, right? On the other hand, if someone is spewing hateful stuff and you can stand there and just smile and say, I, that doesn't affect me because I don't believe I am any of those things, then it really, it, it takes the power away from the person, right? It's like throwing water on a fire, you know? Um, they can continue throwing hurtful names at you, but it's not going to be fun and it's not going to be funny. They're not going to get the, the, the release they want, you know, because they want other people to, um, be on their side. And if, and if they're not making good points, right, that allow that person to, you know, quote unquote, get offended, then you rob them of their power, you know, and, you know, firmly, I firmly believe that's what we, that's what we could use a lot of right now is people just not, you know, not giving in, you know, because again, it's like, you know, and this is what I always say about the media too. It's like the media is an instigator, you know, um, like the, the, the analogy I always give, right. Is imagine there are two people, right. And, um, and there's this, this guard blocking the way where these two people need to get right. And so, and so, um, one of the people, sorry, there's two guards, right? And so one of these people go, Hey, he called your mom fat pointing to the other guard and the guards like, yeah. And he called your dad stupid. Are you going to take that? Like, what kind of man would you be if you just took that? Right. So now these guards start fighting and they just walk right around them and go into where they need to go, you know, and <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like that's the it's media. Like, it's like a me. three stooges routine or yeah, something. Yeah. 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 And so it's like, guys, Dude, like, I, you're, you're so on to this. And, and, you know, I, it's funny cause, because sometimes I, I wonder if I'm, I'm, if I'm giving too much, um, leeway with these ideas or I'm not getting in, giving enough oh, you're uh, attention point, to the, to the other side. Well, you know, with, with the, with your, your, your point about, are there hateful, terrible people out there? A- absolutely. Mm-hmm. There, there mm-hmm. are some, there are some losers out there mm-hmm. and you have to, <laughs> yeah, there <laughs> you're are. Gonna have to navig- <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to navigate that. Um, yeah. My point is that the the rewards, if we allow free speech to and and the freedom of thought to 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 blossom, the rewards from that ultimately are so much greater than the risks of of assholes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, like, okay. So I, you know, listen. I mean, I'm mixed race. When I was a little kid, a little little kid growing up in the South, like the KKK literally left a uh, calling card at our house when we were gone saying that, you know, only white should marry whites and stuff like this. Like, you know, like that we still have the card. Okay. Uh, like crazy stuff like that. Okay. I was called, you know, terrible Asian slurs and stuff Mm -hmm. like that when I was a kid, but dude, you know how much, how much time I give to thinking about this? It's like, it's, it's minuscule. I've maybe brought it up like five times in my adult. (laughs) It's, it's, it's a footnote to a footnote. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Yet you can make this the primary driver of your story. You can make you can take this these things and make them the primary driver of your story. But the story's boring. Mm-hmm. That story's boring. Mm-hmm. It's really boring. And it's sad. It's not fun. You're, the goal is to create a good story and yeah. as good as possible and yeah. something meaningful. Um, so you gotta you gotta make you know instead of making it a a, a sappy indie um, Oscar bait drama, try to make it a comedy. You know, yeah. try to make it into make, make it into something like an action extravaganza, a Marvel film. Yeah. You know, Christopher Nolan movie, something that's <laughs> like a mind blower, right? Yeah. Um. So you know, and again, we we can get into the details of this stuff. We've been on for a long time. Oh yeah. Uh, I knew we were gonna to riff good. <laughs> anyway. You know, 
but yeah, this that's an, that's that option is available to you. Okay, yeah. like, like, and I, I would like for more people to understand that this option is available to you. You got to be the instigator. Yeah, yeah, and you know, one thing I'll, I'll, I'll leave this subject with, right, is like just asking everyone, you know, and you know, to bring up Martin Luther King again, like, you know, he was, he had horrible racial shit done to him, which there's no excuse for, like, obviously, right. And he he allowed that to make him, not break him, right? So I'll ask everyone, like, what story do you think is more powerful, right? The story of Martin Luther King who succumbed to the people that were calling him racist names and just led a normal life or the one that said, you know what? Fuck that. And he did what he did, right? And it's like you have yeah. the ability right now to be either one of those Martin Luther Kings, right? Depending on what you choose to get offended over. Because again, we only get so much energy every day. And there are so many battery drainers and archons, right? To bring up archons that are looking to drain you of your energy unconsciously or consciously. And every time you give into that, you're giving your power away, right? And everyone, everyone listening right now has the ability to change the world in a way that no one else can, right? You need your energy. The world world needs your energy, right? Stop allowing these trolls to take your energy from you because at the end of the day, they are weak. They are Darth Vader, right? And you are Luke Skywalker if you choose to be, right? Or Leia, you know, if you're a woman, sorry, you know, but <laughs> you get the point, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like, yeah. that's my little end rant there, you know, because it's just like- I love it, man. Yeah. I love it. And you know, back to, the, I want to put one last uh, cherry on top Please. of this. Yeah. Is that, you know, someone told me this, uh, it, was a, it was a friend of a friend, um, uh, when I was in my 20s, and he, he was going to a therapist, and this therapist had his own style, and the therapist says to him, you know, listen, man, you got to let this resentment go, because you're going through your story, and you're going through your nonsense. Everybody's got something to go through, even the richest, most spoiled kids, most privileged kids you know, they went through some kind of hell, and or they're going to go through some kind of hell. And it's it's going to be their hell. It won't be as bad as a slumdog millionaire hell or whatever. You know? yeah. I mean, it, it, it'll be a different hell, but they're going to go through it. And you just and to keep score and to say, well, this person's got it easier than that person. It's not fair. It's man, that's that's a road to misery, man. Because yeah. I I mean, you know, yeah, I was miserable when I was a little kid, and and there were you know a lot of we were either lower middle class or barely lower middle class for a lot of it. Uh, guess what? There's people way worse and way better, and that's that's the particular journey I, I experienced. You know, yeah. Um, good luck, you know, going through someone else's story and dealing with that because our own stories are a full time job. <laughs> yes, dude, you said that right, man. You know, and one of my favorite quotes that I really think we're talking about a lot here is it's as simple as making the decision. You know, and you know, I love that quote because at any one point. You know, you can ask yourself, like, what is the decision that my heart is telling me to do here, right? Because, again, our minds and our stories and all the things we've been talking about, our language, are the people we surround ourselves with. You know, they can all, like, you know, asking for advice, right? You're asking for advice from all these people. And really, it's as simple as just making the decision that you already know your heart wants, right? And so as someone who is clearly not afraid to take action, make the decision, and manifest his dreams – I'd love to hear how you've been able to cultivate that focus, determination, and strength necessary to be able to make those decisions that have got you to where you are today. Uh, trusting my intuition and learning to understand and to experience failure for what it truly is. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things. And I say those things because that's exactly what I told my brother last week in a very deep conversation that we had 
Hmm. Um, and those are the two things for me that have worked hmm. is, is getting really dialed into my, my gut mm-hmm. because my guts helped me out so much. It's really, I mean, it has been my, my best mentor, yeah. um, in so many ways. Uh, and, and understanding what that means, tuning it, you know, uh, and then, and then getting more comfortable with what failure is, what it means, and uh, and being okay with experiencing it. Yeah. That's 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 it. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's that's perfect. You know, and and I love what you said there at the end about failure too, because really failure is just a learning experience, right? And I assume that's what you were. I imagine that's what you were going towards there. Like what failure really means is, you know, like hey, great, I found another way that doesn't work. Awesome. Like now I can try and find another way that does work. You know, and. Yeah, I love that, man, because it's perspective, you know, it's like how you choose to look at yourself. And again, that goes right back to once again, like, are you looking at your life as you're the victim of your life or the creator of your life, right? And that to me, man, is just like, it's it's been the single-handed, like, most monumental change of my life when I decided to stop living as a victim and start stepping into my power and be accountable, you know, for better or worse, you know, which sounds harsh to a lot of people, accountability. But when you, wow, choose, you were a victim, yeah, <laughs> I can't even imagine you as a victim. It's well, like, like, like imagining you with like a, with like a, like a, a like, a, like, I don't know, bell bottoms or like a, yeah. <laughs> seeing you like in dressed up like someone uh, from Cypress Hill or something yeah like that it, it's like the wrong clothes for you like, yeah why, yeah why are you dressed like that? yeah right like I you look weird I bro picture you as a yeah. yeah it was like high school you know like like freshman yeah. sophomore year when you're like the world's happening to me you know and yeah, you know uh you know that whole home. thing you know the teenage yeah. angst you know but uh luckily I moved yeah. through that you know and, and thankful for wow. the experience you know um it was uh it was an interesting time in my life, you know, and it, it luckily didn't have to last that long. I learned the lesson pretty quickly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you, Ryan, you you would make a bad victim. Yeah, no, definitely. Just, I, you know, that's, that's a good story to tell yourself. I, I make a bad victim. Yeah, it looks bad on me. I have a new uh, affirmation that I say, which is, "I'm addicted to feeling good." Um, I was I was in California. And I said to someone, and my buddy Jordan was like, "Dude, I fucking love that dude." And I actually realized how that could be a bad thing, you know, because you don't allow yourself to express negative emotion. You know, I'm dealing with that right now in TCS, so I get it. But at the same time, uh, it does feel pretty accurate. I'm like, I'm addicted to feeling good, man. Not feeling happy, feeling good. You know, difference. Because feeling good, you can still be upset because you know you're dealing with your shit, uh-huh. right? And uh-huh. uh, but you know, feeling happy, then you always want to be happy and you get stuck into like you get attached to the positive emotion which any attachment leads to resentment, leads to a story, leads to, you know, yada yada. You know how these things go, you know. I'm familiar. <laughs> Adam my brother, this has exceeded all my expectations in epicness as I knew it would. Where can I send people to connect with you and learn more about vocabulary and lift it and just all the amazingness that you are? Wow. Uh, social hit me up, uh, Adam S chin and, uh, that's Instagram. And then, um, Adam at enlifted dot me, Adam at enlifted E N L I F T E D dot me. Of course, that's the URL for our site as well. Mark does tremendous work with coaches, uh, of all backgrounds. Um, just, uh, and he's, he's certifying, you know, people at this very moment, I mm. believe, and, and is doing just, yeah, he's he's doing great work there. I, I, I think the world of him, um, 
and I'm so amazed at, at his transformation. I listened to that episode you did with uh, with Mark, and yeah. it was cool that he brought up how he had to learn how to smile. <laughs> uh, I had I, I had to go through that birthing process with him. Yeah, to, to teach somebody how to smile. It took months, if yeah. not years. But we got there. <laughs> He's excellent now. Yeah, dude. You know, I'll second that too. To anyone listening, like wondering how I got to where I am, it was unlifted. You know, um, it was me, but it was unlifted. You know, and lifted was my tool. You know, I took accountability, but it was unlifted. And Mark, you know, specifically that found me out there in the interwebs and was like, "Dude, get on the call with me right now." You know, and um, and I'm forever grateful for that experience. You know, it's really allowed my life to expand and open up to. You know, it's really like I woke up in a dream. You know, I, I get to wake up in a dream every day now where I'm like, whoa, I don't even recognize the person I was last year, you know, and I liked that person. Like, it wasn't a bad person. It just, you know, I, I wasn't stepping into my power. I wasn't doing the things necessary to, once again, give my medicine to the world, you know, and uh, to even find my medicine. So, uh, yeah, I second that, man, you know, and uh, I love what you guys are doing. It's, it's, I mean, ridiculously special. Words can't even describe how much Enlifted has impacted my life and vocabulary, too. So, uh, yeah, man. And, um. Thank my you for sharing that, yeah. uh, Ryan. Yeah. Thank you. Of course, you know, and, and uh, one of my favorite moments of Unlifted was when Mark had us email you, you know, and uh, you got like, you know, something like 40 or 50 emails at once uh, about people, you know, you know, pouring their hearts out about what Unlifted meant to them. And, you know, it was like, I'm not crying, you're crying moment, you know, and it was, right, uh, right. it was really cool, man, you know, and this community yeah. is just, it's so special, man, you know, we, we get to hang out with epic people and do epic shit and, uh, you know, create memories that last a lifetime, you know, I mean, we get to experience what life's really about, which is simple, it's just people, good food, you know, and, uh, and purpose, you know. We are blessed to have you in our community, for you to be a part of this community, Ryan. And thank you very much, and uh, thanks for everyone listening. And and I want to just say thank you for the community, for letting me be a part of this experience as yeah. well, because it's it's a very cool thing, man. Uh, and, and, yeah, I'm very grateful. Yeah. Thank you, brother. And, you know, honestly, like my, my heart is so full, you know, and, and I have one more question for you though, Adam, one more, if oh, you're okay. up for it. All right? Let's hear it. So, I'm, I'm up for it. <laughs> let's do it. All right. If someone listening could only make one change to highly optimize their life, what would Adam Chin suggest that change be? Okay. Again, I'll go practical. <laughs> Wake up early. Mm. Get up early. Yes. It's just simple stuff. Just get yeah. up early. Get up at the same time. Just do it all the time. The reason I believe that many of us hate getting up early is because of the school system. Yeah. And we have to unschool ourselves. Getting up early is fun. You know, there's no homework that's due. There's no bus to catch or people that you want to make sure are going to be nice or, or, or not nice to you. It's, it's a lot of fun in the mornings. And you have to just get used to having fun in the morning. Yeah. That's what I would say. Dude, I love that. And I would have never guessed that too. So that's even cooler, man. Yeah, I figured it'd be something to do with language, you know, and uh, which is extremely impactful that's, too. But you, uh, that's too on brand. You that's threw me a curveball there, bro. You know, yeah, I, I threw you a little curveball. Well, hey, the next time I come on the show, we can talk about, I can go on my anti school rant. Oh, uh, hell I know yeah. We have dude. wonderful educators, yeah. and amazing people in our community. Yeah. There's something about school that must, or there's a few things that must change. Yeah. Um, must well, so, change. 
it's outdated. It's it's meant to make people factory workers still. You know, I mean, you answer to bells. I mean, come on now, right? Like, so I, I it definitely needs an update. And uh, dude, we can definitely do a second podcast, hopefully in person. You know, this next one. Uh, yes. When I come back to Mark's. Yes. Uh, last time it was after combo, and I my tongue was still so swollen I could barely talk. <laughs> I was like, uh, I can't I can't talk right. So uh, yeah, we'll definitely get that in next time. And uh, wonderful. Yeah. Well, guys, looking forward to it, man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, guys. There's the galactic street, according to Adam Chin. There are very few people in this world I cherish as much as I do Adam. His way of looking at the world in an optimistic yet realistic way is, in my opinion, exactly what this world needs most if we are to accept accountability for our individual lives in order to co-create love and beauty throughout the collective of the human race. On top of this, as many of you know, I prefer my medicine to be rooted in laughter. And goddamn, does Adam know how to create laughter and depth simultaneously among any group he graces. Reach out to him, connect with him, and discover for yourself why I consider him one of the prime examples of an ethereal extreme sporter. Speaking of ethereal extreme sporters, my goal with this show and business is to find as many individuals who are living lives beat to their own drums, taking messy action, and jumping into uncomfortability to truly experience life to its extremes. And I would be so grateful if you could share this show with anyone in your life that you know for certain is an extreme sporter at the game we call life. Adam, thank you endlessly once again for sharing your time and your wisdom with us today. And until next time, my friend, journey well, be well, love and light to you, brother. Namaste. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders with a z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, .com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever.